Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. Thank you for the divine privilege of preaching in your house one more time. Thank you for the celebratory time we're having in worship, praise, singing, scriptures and prayers offered up to you. Father, teach us how to be still when the word of God is being preached. Help us to hear in the spirit that we would not just go through religious motions and activities, but we would engage in meaningful thoughts and insights from the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Have your Bibles turn to us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 37, verses 41 and 42. Then leave your Bibles open. Uh, We're we're actually culminating, we're ending the series, this this spiritual diagnostic series that we've been doing for a number of months as we pose questions to challenge our faith, our walk in the Lord, and so that we can take a serious inventory or examination of our lives spiritually in order to see just where we are and where we need to be built up in the faith. And if we don't take examinations, if we don't do some earnest soul searching, we'll think we're okay with ourselves. And the truth of the fact is, the matter is, we have a whole lot of growing up yet to do and, and to go. Uh, I'm not satisfied with my walk with the Lord. I'm not satisfied uh, where I am in at this point of my life. I'm still growing in my faith. I don't want to ever stop growing. It's a dangerous thing to stop growing. And so, but this will check our spiritual life out to see where we are spiritually and then to make the necessary adjustments spiritually in order to grow by leaps and bounds in the kingdom of God. So with that being said, here's the first question I pose to you today. Number one, do you possess a judgmental spirit or do you love people unconditionally extending grace and mercy toward them? Do you possess a judgmental spirit or do you love people unconditionally extending grace and mercy toward them? You're already in the text, the gospel of Luke Chapter 6, verses 37, verses 41 through 42 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the big old plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye. When you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's 
I. In other words, God's saying we need to deal with ourselves and make sure that we are right before the Lord before we can help somebody else get right with God. That's the essence of what that passage is saying. And when we thoroughly examine ourselves in light of God's word, in other words, when you look at your own life, not everybody else's, your own life, in light of this Holy Scripture, we will be less critical of others, especially when we see how far short we've fallen from God's law. This book helps you to keep in touch with yourself. That's right. It, it, it shows you your spiritual shortcomings, your spiritual negligence and, and all, failures and all of these things. And so when, 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 listen, God is so working on me that I don't have time to be coming down hard on other folk, putting other folk down as if I got it all right. That's the essence of pride. Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says, search me. Oh, I wish Joe was here. He should have heard this message today. He would be absent. No, you're here. And God has a word for you today. Search me. Say, search me. That should be the prayer of all of us. Lord, all of us have issues with ourselves. All of us... Uh, have room for growth and spiritual development. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The next thing I'd like to say about this judgmental spirit uh, business is this. A judgmental spirit will harden your heart toward people. You can become so judgmental of your child or so judgmental of your husband or your pastor, or another member of the church, a co-worker, or a relative, or whomever, until you have a, every time you look at the person, think about the person, or the person come to mind, you become hard and callous toward that person, and that's a very dangerous place to be. You see, all what can happen, the flip side of that, people will become hardened toward you. In other words, you have such a judgmental nature or spirit about yourself. When they see you coming, they kind of go the other way and not want to be around you because they really don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, they don't come to church to hear that. They don't want to be around people who are always so critical of others. Uh, Kind of a self-righteous, self-exaltation of a a kind of a spirit. And that's very, very um, disheartening. And it causes others to become hardened toward you. Oh, here she comes, or here he comes. Look at his face again. Look, he can't even enjoy God. She can't enjoy God. They stay home, go on strike, just stay perpetually mad and mad and mad. And some people are trying to fit in places where they don't belong. You fit in jobs where they don't belong. You make everybody else miserable on the job because you're really not in the will of God uh, for that position that you're in. And you can't handle it or the work is, you, you're not skilled enough or, or it's too easy for you. The other side of that and you're just bored and you become problematic. And a lot of people live all their Christian life in the wrong church, in the wrong lane and so disgruntled. And so a judgmental spirit will harden your heart toward people and also people will become hardened toward you because they just get tired of hearing critical issues that flows from you. The spirit of Christ always extend love. Spirit of, when you, you, spirit of Christ exudes grace. 
the spirit of Christ will, will cause you to be merciful toward others. Merciful toward others. And another thing we need to consider about this uh, judgmental spirit is this, is when Christians, whether lay or church leaders sin, all of us will sin from time to time, uh, whether you're a Christian leader, whether you're a pastor, whether you are a deacon, a preacher, or a lay member, or whatever you are, uh, when Christians, whether lay or church leaders sin against God uh, or their brother and sister in Christ, after they've humbled themselves, after we humble ourselves, once we've confessed and repented of, of the sin that we committed, restoration should be the biblical response. Once a person humble themselves, acknowledge what they've done is wrong, say I'm sorry, ask forgiveness, and then biblical repentance, a biblical forgiveness rather, is the proper response. Galatians 6 1 says, brothering, if a man is overtaken in any trespass. Have you ever been overtaken in a sin? Nobody's saying that. Have you ever been overtaken? Yes. Say, say yes. Yes. Say it a little bit louder. Overtaken with negative thoughts. Overtaken with a judgmental spirit. Overtaken with bitterness. Overtaken with pride. Overtaken with selfishness, overtaken with grumbling, huh? Overtaken with looking at the wrong stuff on television, listening to the wrong, looking at the wrong programs, listening to the wrong music, overtaken with tattooing your body and body piercing, overtaken in sin. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. In other words, when you're going to help people get back to God, you do it in gentleness. In love, in the spirit of Christ, you're not harsh. Now here you go again. I'm sick and tired of. Yeah, she gonna mess up again. Just what? Just give her two more weeks. No, no. In the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. In other words, what is that saying? Uh, you should treat others the way you would want to be treated, as if you were in that same situation. That keeps you humble. You know, it, so you ask yourself, you know, if I was in her situation or his situation, how would I want to be treated? Then the way you would want to be treated is the way you should be treating others. That's Christ-like spirit. And what, what tears up the church is people are so mean and so insensitive and they're coming down so hard because they're so self-righteous. They've been saved 30 years and they don't give other folk any mercy, any mercy. You see, those who possess a judgmental spirit focus more on condemnation than restoration, which causes exasperation. You just, people just throw up their hands, say, I can't make it. They leave the church because you just wear them down. Don't let them forget what they've done or how they hurt you. And you always remind them of what they did wrong as if the blood of Jesus Christ is not sufficient for their lives to wash away their sins as the blood washes away your own sins. Oh my goodness. And so people get, Christians get exasperated. They leave the church because of no love and then they go join a cult where there is love. You can have the right doctrine and no love and drive folk right out the church even though we have the right doctrine. 
And the cults will embrace them because they know how to love them and, and respect them. But at the expense of their having wrong heretical doctrine. Are y'all hanging with me? It's so critical that we uh, realize that. Uh, judgmental persons, they're usually guilty of something worse in their own lives. You got to watch that person that's always coming down hard on a person. Always riding hobby, hobby horses on certain sins. Uh, you know, j- 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 usually the person that's coming down and won't let it go and always bring it up. If, if the truth be told, actually there's something in their life that is even worse in their lives than the very person they're condemning. Watch that. Have you ever seen that? People, I mean, I got some names I can think of, some public names, uh, but I won't say that now uh, because of television and radio. People come down hard on people, and then all, then all of a sudden, a year or two later, here they are in a worse situation. The same person that was coming down hard on another person, they themselves had something worse in their own lives. They're usually guilty of something worse in their lives. Instead of extending love, grace, and mercy, they refuse to let go. I'm not going to let this go. They refuse to forgive to the detriment of their family. Before they forgive, they tap their family, tap their marriage, tap the church body. Sow seeds of discord within the family of God. Wreck their own spiritual life. Be mindful, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus said in the gospel of John chapter 8 verse 7b, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. At her. We all sin. What makes a judgmental person so dangerous is that it steals your joy. When you're judging others because of what they're not doing, what they should do, you put them, you give them your own criteria that you think they ought to be measuring up to, it makes you miserable, steal your joy. You come in, you can't sing, you can't clap your hand, you can't rejoice, you can't even smile. It takes judgmental spirit takes away your fellowship with others. It steals your worship. You can come to church Sunday after Sunday in a suit and a nice dress. You can bring a two ton Bible and still not experience God. You'd be surprised at the people who come to come to worship and yet fail to worship when they come. Their minds are rambling all over the place. They're in. Their body is here, but their minds and their spirits are all over tomorrow. And when they leave here and and they leave before the benediction and they are always in the go mode. Fail to worship. Can't worship. Judgmental spirit kills your fellowship with others. Worship. It takes away your sleep. It takes your peace of mind away. You know what judgmental spirit will do? It will cause you to live in a perpetual state of anger, cause you to become bitter. It will even make you behave unruly in the church. If you stay in that kind of state long enough, you're going to embarrass yourself, you're going to embarrass your family, and you're going to embarrass the body of Christ. 
And you find yourself doing things you would never do had you examined yourself and dealt with the issue. You will behave unruly. You know what a judgmental spirit and being angry and mean and mad, it will even make you sick and shorten your days of life. And you know what? It's a bad thing when you die in misery. It's, die in misery. Live miserably. Die in misery. misery and folk have to struggle to say something nice about you at your funeral. Number two, you laughing because it's true. Uh, number two, we'll transition from a judgmental spirit. Here's the next question of criteria uh, for spiritual development. Do you know that you are saved without a doubt or do you lack the assurance of your salvation? Do you know that you are what? Saved without a doubt. Or do you lack the assurance of your salvation? Here it is again. Second Corinthians 13, five says, examine yourselves. Man, if we would examine ourselves, we would be far better off spiritually. If we have spiritual self check. And that's what this is. This is a spiritual diagnostic evaluation for self examination. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Do you know without a doubt, you'll say without a doubt, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? My friends, if you struggle with the assurance of your salvation, your spiritual life will be wavering in uncertainty, which will cause you to lose your productivity and effectiveness in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we must be absolutely certain that Christ is our sure foundation. Money can't be your foundation. Popularity can't be your foundation. Your position uh, in life cannot be your foundation. People can't be your foundation. People will let you down. Have you been let down by people? You can't build your life on people. You can't even build your life on the word of man. They, they say one thing and do another. But Christ must be the rock of our salvation. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is what? Sinking sand. So, so you it, listen, you'd be surprised and those who come to the house of God on the Lord's day struggle at the point of their salvation. They're just not sure. They're not certain. And if you struggle with the assurance of your salvation, your spiritual life will be so-so. It'll be wavering in uncertainty, which will cause you to lose your productivity. You won't be effective. In the kingdom of God, you need to know without a doubt that you're saved without a doubt so that you can do great things in the kingdom of God. And with that being said, here are the questions we must ask ourselves to ensure that we are saved without a doubt. Let's pose these questions to our own selves to ensure that we are saved without a doubt. Y'all ready for that? Hang with me. Number one. Do you hear and obey the word of God? If you're not hearing and obeying the word of God, then you are not saved. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus is the great shepherd and we're the sheep following the shepherd. And the sheep, they respond 
to the shepherd's voice. When they know him, if you're not obeying the voice of God or following the Savior, it is either because you don't belong to him or you are in spiritual regression. Which is it? If you're not following the, the, the chief shepherd, the shepherd of our souls, the shepherd of our life, he is our shepherd. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. Shepherd. And if you are not allowing, if, if you're not following his voice and going where he goes, then you are either not in Christ or you are in spiritual regression to the extent that you can't follow him. First John chapter two, verses three through five is most powerful. First John chapter two, verses three through five is most powerful. It says, now by this, we know that we know him. You got to know that you know him. You can't kind of know him. You all, this message is critical in the life of the saints. Don't you let this message pass you by. Not only do we need it, there are people in our lives that come into our lives that we need to, to, to shore up in their own salvation. This is a pop, and you need to be looking at every scripture I give you because of the critical aspect of the verses that I'm reading. First John 2, 3 through 5 says, now by this that, now by this we know that we know him. Do you know that you know? If we keep his commandments, that's a litmus test. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, the word of God is a what? Liar and the truth is not in him. Let me just get get downright nitty gritty with the language. The truth ain't in him. Ain't in her. Don't know him. Don't know Christ. They're a liar and the truth is not in them. Verse five, but whoever keeps his word Truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now underline this last part if you're in the text in your Bible. By this we know that we are in him. Did you get that? By this, what? We know that we are in him. You say, well, how do we know when we are in Christ? Well, go to the verses before. We keep his commandments. Huh? We, we follow the word of God. We obey the word of God. We read the word of God. We adhere to the word of God. We apply the word of God. We grow in the word of God. You can be sure you'll say without a doubt when you are hearing and obeying the word of God. You can be absolutely certain of your salvation when you know that you know you are hearing and obeying the word of God. Luke 6, 46 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And there are people who are big and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Uh, uh, when the blessings, when the praises go up, the blessings go down. And you know those statements, huh? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. They can say all those spiritual little sayings and bust hell wide open. You can say that with no relationship with Christ. Why do you call me Lord? Why do you raise your hand? Why are you walking around here shouting and screaming and turning flips? And you don't even do what the word says. Shut up, sit down, and grow up. 
James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You know what's a sad thing in the church? It's when you have professional hearers and no good doers. God doesn't just want you to hear. You haven't really heard until you begin to do what you heard. If you're not doing, then you, you're not really hearing. Because you, when you're really hearing, you will begin to implement uh, the word of God. You execute it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. You are deceiving yourself if you come in the church and living a lie. You don't crack the Bible, don't don't memorize the scripture, don't talk the word. No one can see evidence of the word resident in your life. You are self-deceived because the rubber hits the road in your life when you implement, actualize, execute the word of the living God. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.